right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick, uh, who is the board of the Brock Birdie MVP boat. <laughs> gathering momentum, uh, which is why Drew's hair is uh, flourishing in the winds behind him. Uh, today we're going to talk Jag Texans, going to talk Bills, Eagles, Ravens, Chargers, and then close out with our best bets. Let's start with Jacksonville at Houston. The Jags are one and a half point favorites on the road. The total is 48 and a half. What's your read on this one, Drew? So first of all, if I win, if I win uh, buy a boat money this year, it's not going to be the Jags. It's going to be Brock Purdy, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Um, no, this is a really, really tough handicap. Um, I kind of can't get over how well CJ Stroud is playing. I keep looking for some deficiency in his game, something that's going to regress, some way that teams are going to be able to scheme you know, him into a tight spot, and I just can't find any. And it, I think there's an interesting angle to bet this game, and I want your opinion on it. Uh, but bef- you know, the, the, it's worth noting that like, I am concerned about the Jaguars' offense. I don't think every question was answered last week with the performance we saw. Um, and I think there is still just a lot of growth that you need out of Trevor Lawrence and you know, kind of maturation of his relationship with uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, an a- appropriate balance of utilization in the, you know, of Eddie, Etienne in the run game, which is right now a little bit eh. Um, but the offensive line is playing better. The wide receivers are getting healthy. And as long as Trevor Lawrence's knees stays intact i think uh the jags are still the team to beat in the uh afc south now the texans make for a compelling dog case here not just because they're home not just because cj stroud is playing at a top 10 level um but they've uh you know they've they've definitely shown us something with the matchup with the jags earlier this season that they have uh you know kind of the right vision for how to attack this team uh the betting angle that i'm going to choose to go down this this uh path here is really just looking for a way into this over um we've seen a fair amount of steam to the over which i completely agree with um the texans defense is not that great and the jaguars defense right now for me is a sell high based on you know any kind of metric telling you that this is like a top 10 unit you know like they're right now eighth in epa per play they're pretty you know high up in uh, in terms of you know not allowing teams to have especially high success rates like they're doing well defensively um, but I do think that there is some regression coming for that unit overall because they can't really rush the passer especially well and where that really stands out when you look at kind of break down their metrics they are top two defense in the first half of football games this season bottom three in the second halves they are letting teams hang around they're letting garbage time points be scored and I think the right way to play this is to see if you get uh, you know any kind of slow start to this one a, you know seven ten uh, six you know six uh, 10-6 type of uh, first half here and then fire, fire, fire on a second half over uh, because, you know, the Jaguars in comeback mode inspire me in terms of airing it out uh, and really being able to make the Texans pay on the on the with the deep ball uh, and then the Jags letting the Texans score some garbage time points if they have a lead, I think, is realistic uh, and then just in general, like, high efficiency offense in the second half of these games, like with the Jaguars defense for whatever reason and their inability to get after the, you know, the passer, I think so that's up pretty well for a second half over in this one. Uh, if you've already missed the boat uh, on the full game total, it's 48 and a half is pretty close to my fare. Um, so I don't think there's a ton of value there, but uh, a live entry on the over is in the uh, in the cards for me on Sunday. What's your read on this game? Yeah, I think the Texans are going to win this game, Drew. Uh, <laughs> and the reason why is that the Jags, their defense, now there's two ways to look at it. One is that Stroud, this three-game surge he's had, 
One, the game before that, uh, he could do absolutely nothing against the Carolina Panthers, who are probably the worst team in the NFL, and they lost that game. Uh, but here's the thing is that the so the three games he dominated, those were all against bad defenses. The Bengals, uh, the Bucks, and at least their pass defense, and the Cardinals. These are relatively unserious pass defenses. And now the Jags are not... The Jags are not uh, an elite, amazing defense, but they are a solid defense. They're not going to let uh, what happened to the Bucks or the Bengals or even to a degree to the Cardinals happen to them, you would expect. Now, Tyson Campbell, who didn't play last week, he did not practice. We're recording on Wednesday. He did not practice today. Now, it seems like he is day-to-day. Doug Peterson on uh, Tuesday, I think, was relatively confident in that he'll get some work in this week and he's day-to-day, so maybe he'll play. If he doesn't, though, it's a big problem. But the reason why I am bullish on the Texans is that uh, two reasons. One, the weakness of the Jags' defense is they don't really have a pass rush outside of Josh Allen. And CJ Stroud, when he's kept clean, is basically the best quarterback in the NFL, seemingly. So I think that is a problem for the Jags, particularly if Tyson Campbell isn't there to hold up on the back end. And then the other thing is with Lawrence, who I get was awesome against the Titans, but he still just doesn't look right to me. It's the same phenomenon I get of watching Jalen Hurts. They're still making the throws. There's still some designed runs, but he's clearly not 100%. There's no real zip in his movement. I understand he scrambled for a touchdown. I understand Hurts scrambled for a touchdown as well, but there's just not the quickness there. I worry that... uh, you know, it's just a bad day for the knee or he gets a bad hit or something and he's just more vulnerable uh, to that in-game than other quarterbacks. Uh, And I just don't have a great deal of faith in the way this Jacksonville offense can function if Lawrence isn't full go. It's a Texans defense that isn't great, but also it's not that bad anymore. They're just hovering around, right around average on in terms of rush defense, pass defense, overall, slightly on the wrong side of that, slightly on the better side of that in some areas. But I don't think this is a terrible defense. And at home, Stroud's kept clean. Uh, I kind of lean Texans here. Okay. Uh, you know, it it hurts me to hear that, but that's okay. Uh, the Jags aren't the team I thought they were going to be this year. Uh, and I did take some Texans to win the South positions when I was exactly as you were concerned about Trevor Lawrence's knee. Um, and honestly, he he filmed something where he's walking around in flip-flops with no knee, knee brace uh, this week. Uh, it was like a turkey, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, kind of giveaway thing. And he, the fluidity with which he was walking was not exciting. It was not good. It was not inspiring. Uh, and I think there is probably something, some, you know, something in some issue going on that he's playing through. Uh, the problem is if you gauge last week's tape, he's playing through it well. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's, that's that. Um, but, uh, I guess it, it, the Stroud thing is fascinating to me just cause like, how, how did this guy not win a national title? Jay, he was throwing to Marvin Harrison jr. For crying out loud. <laughs> what happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Robin Harrison Jr. was maimed in the end zone. They took him out of the game. And then after that, it was all downhill. Who won the game? Was it maimed? There wasn't a flag on the play, I don't think. It's an absolute disgrace. I'm still bitter about uh, bloody ruggles cooking that kid left. Uh, it's great to bring that back up. <laughs> Uh, how did we not? How did they not beat Georgia, Jay? How did they not beat Georgia? Did you, by the way, did uh, did you take get any skin in the uh, Ohio State uh, Michigan game? 
No, I need Ohio State to win over the national title position and still hanging out some hope for Marvin Harrison Heisman. That's looking pretty grim at the moment. But national title would be a bit better. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in... I think the... Not to go completely sidetracked, but I think the popular... The popular sentiment about that game is that uh, Michigan, they've just gone through too much and they're just a broken team now and here comes this Ohio State team that's absolutely rolling. But someone who doesn't follow college football nearly as closely as the NFL or other sports, my take of being a bit removed is that like, it's Kyle McCord on the road against an elite defense and he's only getting three and a half points. Kyle McCord's terrible. Uh, so I lean Michigan. I think Michigan's going to win that game. I hope they don't. But uh, yeah. Do you have an opinion? I played the under. I think 46 is absurd. Okay. I like that. I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't uh, – I just have no faith whatsoever in McCord. I think Harrison – the good thing there is that if they're going to win the game, I think Marvin Harrison's going to have to win the Heisman in the process because he's going to need about 200 touchdowns to win that one. Uh, last thing on Jags-Texans. Um, Texans are an interesting team in the futures market. Just there's a lot going on there. I don't believe in Stroud MVP. I think they're just going to have too many losses. Like, they already have four losses. If you go – on MVP one with five losses. I think maybe Peyton is a wild card, and it's Peyton Manning, the top three quarterback in history. Uh, and I don't think he's going to have the efficiency numbers either. Um, but D'Amico Ryans is right there for coach of the year, still some plus 350 about. I still think that like there are some plus 270 about on the Texans to win the division. So if you believe in D'Amico, I would rather just bet the Texans' division price because I think there are worlds where D'Amico wins the division um, but doesn't win coach of the year because Dan Campbell or whoever is that who beats him, Dan Campbell's a one seed, I think would beat D'Amico's an 11-6 uh, division winner. So uh, there's a lot going on there. And I think that you're better off just taking the division price. I don't think D'Amico's going to win without the division, uh, just given the caliber of our other candidates and just the Dan Campbell anchor that is kind of in that market. Super fair read. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up on air already because uh, I, I 100% agree. I think Dan Campbell, you know, he, that's starting to turn into a runaway train if the, this team wins 13 games. Yeah, I agree. I think Campbell ultimately wins that award. Just the idea, and it's kind of weird for me as someone who grew up in Australia and didn't know who John Elway was to like 2005, but uh, I think just the – uh, just the terribleness of the Detroit Lions franchise. Uh, I think that is just going to be overwhelming. And the fact that if they get to 13 wins, it'll be literally the greatest season in Detroit Lions history. Uh, and I think that will uh, sway voters when it comes down to it. We'll see. Still a lot of water to go under the bridge there. Yeah, we're in Mike Brown King's territory. <laughs> yeah, indeed. That is the. I think that's a good comp. Okay, before we get to... Bills Eagles give a fantasy sports fan on your list the Roto World Draft Guide bundle and take advantage of our biggest Black Friday deal ever. Drew, buy today and receive the 2024 baseball, football, and basketball draft guides for one low price. Plus, use promo code BF2023 at checkout to receive 25% off and a $10 Fanatics e gift card. Buy today at NBCSports.com/slash holiday bundle. Okay, to me, the most compelling game of the week and the one I will be sweating out the most is uh, I need this Jalen Hurts fellow gone from this MVP race. Uh, Eagles, three-point favourites, home to the Bills. The total is 48.5. Can the Eagles keep on getting away with it, Drew? God, I hope not. <laughs> I, 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 bet, I bet some Bills this week. I bet some over this week. I think the most likely 
or at least the most solid angle is that the Buffalo Bills offense is going to get into the 30s here. This is an offense that is schemed perfectly for this type of defense. Diggs should have absolutely no resistance uh, as uh, it's just your number one producer. And then the secondary options all have plus matchups all across the field right here. So I think Josh Allen and company, they're going to need to score 30, I think, to win this game. Uh, There's a little bit of whiff of team with the ball last probably wins because the Buffalo Bills defense is in just an atrocious state right now. Not only all of the documented injuries that matter a ton, uh, which are seasonal long are already in the books now we are adding to that cluster injury at the secondary level i think there's probably going to be a little bit of impetus to push those guys with their concussion status you know through through the process pretty quickly to get them back out on the field um if it turns out that this is uh you know a a depleted secondary up against uh aj brown and Devontae smith i'm going to be nervous all day long i will just say that uh the injury status for jalen hurts is unquestionably still a factor it will matter one of these days and then there is an x factor here where the eagles if they have any tendency breakers if they have any wrinkles if they have anything they want to introduce offensively they are truly incentivized to keep it into their back pocket for next week against san francisco for two weeks against dallas so if there is any kind of room here for a shock for a surprise for the eagles to take their foot off the gas i think that does open the door for the bills whose offense i have higher confidence in and whose quarterback i rate higher so uh let's go josh allen this is, I think, the buy low on the Eagles, the buy low on the Bills, the sell high on the Eagles. Uh, and for those reasons, I backed uh, Moneyline for the uh, Bills uh, at plus uh, 152. I love it. And I dearly, dearly hope you are correct. Uh, and either way, there's going to be a lot at stake in the following week's game, the Sunday late afternoon. Eagles home to Niners, uh, plenty at stake there in a lot of different markets. Uh, I mean, look, this is kind of a silly thing to say, but. I just think the Bills are going to win this game. And if you just told me to pick uh, irrespect odds and not agnostic, who's going to win the game, I would take the Bills. And I understand that's probably the wrong opinion uh, as I am just one man bound by the constraints of my own mind and the market is much smarter than I am. But I just think there are so many factors that point in the Bills' favor. I think that Hurts and the way that he looked against the Chiefs coming off the bye physically there were multiple plays where I thought I'd missed a false start and a flag. It's like, why isn't Hurts running away from Chris Jones? Oh, no, he just got sacked again. It was a real play. He just looks so immobile in the pocket. And I understand he's running uh, a bit, and they're calling the tush push, which has to uh, put a lot of strain on his knee, I imagine. But he just doesn't look right. And uh, Aikman on the broadcast, who I assume would know a little bit more than he's allowed to let on, uh, the fact that he was saying that, you know, they're gonna have to, he's gonna have to deal with this all season makes me think it's not gonna get better. And if anything, it may get worse. Uh, so I think that off a six day break after that kind of physical, intense, ridiculous game, I think that is a, a real blow for the Eagles. I think that Dallas Goddard being out still is a massive thing for their offense, both in terms of him being a, another weapon to put alongside Smith and Brown and also just his work in the run-blocking game where they really struggled for large chunks of the game against the Chiefs before Swift uh, got a little bit going late. Uh, and the fact that they're having to go like four wide receivers with guys like Zacchaeus and Julio Jones out there is really uh, not ideal for the Eagles. And I think that Allen is just going to pick apart this secondary. This team has gotten absolutely gashed by Mahomes, if his receivers could catch any passes and when the Chiefs actually opted to throw. Dak did whatever he wanted against the Eagles. Sam Howell eviscerated this team twice. And you look at the names on paper and it's like, why is this team getting eviscerated through the air? Why is their pass D so bad? 
It's because Darius Slay isn't good anymore. Or at least he hasn't been good this year. James Bradbury's not good anymore. Roby's a disaster in the slot. They just don't have the guys at the moment. Uh, maybe Slay will get better, and he was very good last year, but he doesn't look like the same player. Uh, and I think that Allen is the better quarterback in this matchup, and the Bills have had the extra day, and I think they're going to do whatever they want through the air. I also think that, unlike the Chiefs, they're going to lean on the air because they never run the ball anyway. So I think that's advantage Bills. And then the other thing is that, you know, people think that now that the Bills' defense is just terrible and think back to what how Joe Burrow just did whatever he wanted against them in that Sunday night game, I don't think this Bills' defense is going to be that bad the rest of the way. And the reason why is that, so here are the guys they lost from what until that point was a fairly dominant defense. Uh, they lost Tredavious White and they've replaced him with Rasul Douglas. I'm not sure is that much worse than Tredavious White, honestly. Like White's not the guy that he was three, four years ago before the injury. He's still good, but Rasul Douglas right now is the third ranked cornerback by PFF grade. He's legitimately good. He's a number one corner. Uh, Matt Milano goes down the heartbeat of their defense and they replace him internally with Terrell Dodson. Terrell Dodson's the number one linebacker in football by PFF grade right now. He's good. They've replaced their two big losses. They've adequately replaced. Now, Daquan Jones is a tough one, and they haven't been able to replace him on the interior of the defensive line. But I think this defense now with Douglas more integrated, uh, I think it can be average to above average the rest of the way. I mean, what's your read on the Bills' defense? I had a sneaking suspicion that they were going to be able to coach up the replacement level guys because they're a good team and because they were really deep heading into the season. So it shouldn't be a surprise if ultimately uh, we had the correct read when the defense was more impacted than the market realized and were able to fire, fire, fire away against the Bills through the middle part of the season. And this has got to be the buy low time. Now, the only issue for me is guys like Teron Johnson – uh, who has played well for them, dealing with concussions. Uh, and, uh, you know, the depth at the cornerback position is really a huge question mark. Uh, and against any other opponent besides, you know, a team that might have the top two wide receiver, you know, best wide receiver tandem in football with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, it, it could be an issue. Um, but uh, I think Jalen Hurts and the mobility question is a real thing because the strength of the pass rush is still there uh, for the uh, Bills. And it's like the Eagles' uh, offensive line is coming down to earth a little bit. So, you know, there there is – I do think that there is a world where Sunday night we are recapping the results and we're like, Did, is the Bills' defense fixed? There's It's very possible. But that could be as much a reflection of – you found the right time to sell high on the Eagles offense as you do, you know, as the, the backfill, you know, the players who are, uh, who are re you know, replacement level a couple weeks ago are now, you know, they know their roles, responsibilities, jobs better, and they're just playing better. Like that's very, very, very plausible. To me. Let's just get it done, Josh. Let's get it done. You're the second best quarterback in football. If you lose this game, you're going to be six and six and your season is about over going into Kansas City the week, the next game. You know what you sound like? You sound like you're ready to bet some Bills AFC. No, no, I already. I mean, <laughs> why would I do that? I've already bet the Bills at plus eight hundred to win the Super Bowl, Drew. They're going to be they're going to be plus eight hundred to make the playoffs if they lose this game. Well, no, but it, but we think they're going to. We think they, you said it. We think they're going to win this game. I do think they are going to win this game. The Bills, the Bills control their own destiny. Josh Allen is getting healthier every week. The offense is as good as any offense in pro football. Pat Mahomes' offense scare you right now? It shouldn't. Yeah, no. I'm fully on board the Bills, the Bills long shot bandwagon. It's just I've invested so much in them at uh, the, the most poison prices imaginable.
the tricky part for them is I believe their last game of the season is at Miami. So, and they're probably going to be going in as a wild card, almost certainly, right? So you're talking about four road games in a row uh, to get to the Super Bowl. That's that's tough. I don't recall any wild card Super Bowl team with you know have finishing their season with a road game. So that that may be uh, a lot lot to ask in terms of fatigue, but uh, um, yeah, I'm, if if we bet the Bills every week for the next four weeks as they're playing some of these elite teams, don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. no, there, there is a very real chance that they're just the third or fourth best team in football, and everyone has kind of written them off. Uh, I'm full. Yeah, or second. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see what Baltimore and Can- I still think Kansas City is probably the second best team. Um, but the Bills might—they could be the third best team. I think that's perfectly viable. We will see. All right, before we get to uh, another one of those teams at the top of the league, and it's not the Chargers; it's their opponents. It's a holiday weekend filled with football, Drew, and the final helping is Sunday night when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens travel to Los Angeles for a showdown with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. Ravens, Drew, are three-and-a-half-point favorites in your hometown of Los Angeles. The total is 47. This was minus four earlier in the week, down to three-and-a-half. How do you feel about the Ravens? Yeah, I was part of the uh, crew that came in at four and a half here on Chargers. And it was after running my first set of numbers and seeing a huge, huge, huge push probability for Ravens by three. I was like, whoa, like this is a, there, there's a handful of these games every year where you run your numbers and you're just kind of surprised by that sort of thing. Uh, I think fair here is three. I think my, my median is just a hair over three. Uh, and uh, I think if you're getting, you know, outside of the key here, you got to look for chargers. Um, I, I think that there is a decent case to be made that the Ravens are overrated by market. Um, I know this team is coming off of uh, really, you know, like their season was on the line. I doubted them last week against the Bengals. They made me look stupid because they just absolutely destroyed uh, Lou Anaruma's uh, defense in that spot. And uh, it's possible that they're going to do even more terrible things to Brandon Staley's defense, which is, you know, missing Joey Bosa and has, you know, relatively little going in terms of the pass defense, but it doesn't exactly fit poorly with what they are good at. Like the rush defense has been better for the Chargers, and that's really a huge, huge element of what the uh, uh, Ravens are trying to do in general. And so I think ultimately, if this is, um, you know, a little bit closer contest than the market expects, then, uh, then you know, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and I think ultimately the, uh, the Chargers offense has ways that they can uh, make the you know Ravens uh, you know a little bit uh, uh, you know, suspect here. So it's not a super strong play, but I think if you're getting uh, Chargers outside of a field goal, you, that's the that's the angle here. And um, you know Justin Herbert and the quality of play you saw from him last week was unbelievable. Uh, and I think uh, you know a couple of lucky bounces, a couple of catches here uh, by you know and, and Keenan Allen really not having any answer for him in the secondary for Baltimore right now uh, kind of has me a little bit confident that. Uh, the Chargers could do something special. Okay. Yeah, interesting. My concern with the Chargers is that, uh, one, defensively, obviously, they're a mess. And Baltimore, you know, without Mark Andrews, we'll see about Odell Beckham. I know the reports earlier in the week were somewhat optimistic, or at least John Harbour said it's not a long-term thing. Uh, And then John Harbour didn't really expand on his answer and said just kind of gave this extended joke to the press room. So he didn't actually say anything about Odell's status for this week. But... Uh, I went back and watched the Odell interview after the game against the Bengals, 
where he's talking about his shoulder and he was like, oh man, it hurts so bad. I'm so glad we got extra time because I'm going to need it. And he's got his uh, he's got his hand in his pocket to prop up his shoulder. It wasn't a sling? It wasn't in a sling, but it was like elevated because he had his hand, like it was very uh, obvious that it was really hurting. Uh, and just given the issues that he's dealt with physically uh, I would, and the fact that, you know, he didn't practice on Wednesday either. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Odell out there, which is actually a problem because he's been awesome the past couple of weeks. And now it's a lot of Zay Flowers. It's a lot of Rashad Bateman, who also got hurt at practice today, though he says that he'll be good to go for Sunday. It's a lot of Isaiah likely. So that is a concern. But my bigger concern uh, is about the Chargers' offense. And I think that Herbert at least with his current weapons, he's not defense agnostic. Like he is not uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, just kind of doesn't matter what defense you face. He's going to have a certain flaw because just with Josh Palmer out, with Mike Williams out, Keenan Allen banged up and apparently uh, dropping passes now, I do think that it is a more limited offense and they have played three elite defenses this year and here's what they've done. They scored scored. 27 against the Jets, but that was very much aided by uh, Zach Wilson uh, and what, punt return touchdown on basically the first play for the Chargers. Uh, they scored 17 against the Chiefs and they scored 17 against the Cowboys. And I think back mainly to the Jets game uh, and just the just how much they struggled to move the ball, how much Herbert struggled in particular. And maybe he's feeling a bit better physically now uh, with his finger than he was back then. But I do have some concern that... The Ravens' pass defense, which is top three in the league with Cleveland and Kansas City, will be able to somewhat shut uh, Keenan Allen and the Chargers' passing game down. And the Ravens don't have a great uh, rush defense at the moment, but I don't think that Austin Eckler is going to be winning this game by himself on the ground. So just worry a little bit about the Chargers and their ability to score. I don't really have any concerns about the Ravens and their ability to to move the ball against the Chargers' defense, which is just a complete mess at the moment and now loses their best player. Yeah, that's that's all fair. Um, I'm nervous about I, – I don't really know what's going on with the Ravens' defense, but the second half of the Browns game through a lot of that uh, Bengals game, like it's just it didn't have the same, uh, same fire, the same spirit, the same intensity, the same outstanding uh, play that we saw through a lot of the rest of the season. So um, there's whiffs of them being overrated right now to me. And uh, your points are all reasonable, although I think Keenan Allen also is – uh, tough to match up with here. I mean, Marlon, Hump, Marlon Humphrey out matters, um, and it's basically like they're getting they're getting away with a lot of safety play uh, in that secondary. And uh, you know, at some point, maybe Quentin Johnson and his elite speed happens to uh, finally reel in a pass. I don't want to say that's a reason to take the Chargers in this game, but uh, I think uh, the quality of play we saw from Herbert, combined with the fact that I think the Ravens are in a sell high spot. And the absence of Mark Andrews has to matter. The absence of Odell Beckham Jr. has to matter. Like, I'm not sure the Ravens can get it done just relying on their ground game here. Yep. No, that's fair enough. Marlon Humphrey did practice today, but he was limited. So we'll uh, figure out his status later in the week. All right. Before we get to our best bets, a reminder uh, that we've moved our weekly college football Q&A to a special day for Thanksgiving week, Saturday, November 25th at 11 a.m. Eastern. 
Uh, sorry, it's so you can see Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thompson, Eric Froton on Friday, November 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, as we answer your college football betting questions for week 13, including one with major playoff implications when Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ohio State travel to Ann Arbor to face Michigan in a battle of unbeatens. Best week 12 bets. I will start us off. Uh, I'm taking the Jets team total under 14 and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tim Boyle, for his career, he has three touchdown passes, nine interceptions, 5.1 yards per attempt. I think that he is the man that everyone thinks Nathan Peterman is. There is a good chance that he's the worst quarterback that the NFL has ever seen, to be honest. Uh, and now he goes up against a Dolphins defense that is really rounded into form with Jalen Ramsey coming back. And I think that was the big question about the Dolphins, just their season overall is, you know, what Jalen Ramsey are they getting off the knee injury? Uh, turns out he's like better than the guy last year. It seems like he's improved, if anything, because uh, he's been an absolute monster so far. He's been, I think, the best uh, defensive player in, in the secondary across any team since he's gotten back, basically. And I think that just that, adding that, because that was their weakness, their boundary corners, and now you bring in Ramsey, and that just makes the pass rush, which was already pretty intimidating, even more fearsome. And now they get uh, Tim Boyle, and the New York Jets and their lack of an offensive line and their lack of a quarterback and Garrett Wilson banged up. And I don't really see how this team gets to 15. So Jets under 14 and a half is my best bet. What's yours, Drew? Didn't you hear uh, Garrett Wilson said Tim Boyle knows this offense better than anyone he's ever met? Maybe even better than Nathan Nathan Hackett himself? <laughs> like the, Nathaniel Hackett, whatever. Uh, but doesn't matter uh, what his first name is, true. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. No, I I could not agree with you more. I love the love, love, love that look. And uh, yeah, the offensive line. You didn't even mention it, but like the um, the fact that uh, uh, Makai Becton went out in that game, and he may play through an injury, but you know he's not going to be effective. The pass rush should be absolutely smothering. Best of luck to Mr. Tim Boyle. Uh, my best bet is going to be the Buffalo Bills money line. We mentioned it. Uh, and all, all the entire handicap, I don't need to restate it. I will just say that uh, I have high confidence of the Bills, Buffalo Bills offense scoring into the high 20s, low 30s in this contest. They can be the team with the ball last. They can get it done. Jalen Hurts' knee injury will matter. Jalen Hurts being asked to drop back and throw precision passes while under pressure from this pass rush as they are at a deficit in the second half of this game is going to be fascinating to watch. And I think uh, this is the perfect buy low spot on the Bills. Sell high spot on the Eagles. Two-sided handicap. Let's go, Buffalo. Okay. From your mouth to God's ears, Drew Dinsick, uh, I pray you are correct. Uh, and I can see that... The Brock Purdy MVP boat is filling up with more people on the bandwagon behind you, which is great to see. Uh, a reminder to everyone that if you want our other game previews, thoughts, everything about the NFL this week, you can go back through the podcast feed or the YouTube channel to get that. But for now, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Please rate and subscribe if you're listening to us as a podcast and a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC Sports from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Happy Thanksgiving uh, and I hope you have a great weekend. Good luck with all of your bets.